Hey friends, welcome back to the Catwalk. My name is Clark Cowden. I'm your host for this podcast, and I want to thank you for joining with me again for this week's message. Today we are continuing our run-up to Easter Sunday by talking about the hope of a new day. Sometimes people get stuck in a Groundhog's Day situation where they feel like the same day is just being lived over and over again. There's no progress. There's no forward movement. We just feel stuck. This was probably how the disciples of Jesus felt on Good Friday and Saturday and when they woke up on Easter Sunday morning. But part of the good news of Easter is we don't have to be stuck. We don't have to keep running around in the same hamster's wheel all the time. Every day that we wake up, Jesus gives us hope for a new day. What does this look like? And how can we imagine this happening in our lives? I invite you to sit back and relax and reflect on this message on the hope of a new day. In 1993, the movie Groundhog Day was released starring Bill Murray. In the movie, Bill Murray played a TV weatherman who travels to Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania to cover the story of whether the groundhog will see his shadow and whether we will have six more weeks of winter or not. He's not happy about the assignment, having to go to this small town and all the hicks who live there. He is eager to leave his job at the TV station for a new job. On February 2nd, he awakens in his hotel to Sonny and Cher's song, I Got You, Babe, playing on the clock radio. He gives a very half-hearted report about the groundhog, Punxsutawney Phil. Contrary to his prediction, a blizzard strikes the area, preventing all travel out of town. He is desperate to leave, but is forced to spend the night there again. The next morning, he wakes up to the same song on the same clock radio and experiences February 2nd all over again. He again is unsuccessful in leaving town and has to spend the night there again. The next morning, he wakes up to the same song on the same clock radio <clears throat> and discovers he's stuck on February 2nd again. He's become stuck in an endless loop where every day has become February 2nd. He can't get past that day. Every day is the same. So he responds by binge eating, committing robbery, and engaging in some dangerous activities. He becomes depressed and desperate for a way to escape this endless loop of living the same day over and over again. The movie is a picture of people who feel stuck. What would happen if you had to live the same day over and over again? 
and you could not see yourself making any progress in your life. How would you feel if you were stuck with this sense that life was never going to get any better? Some people have felt like dealing with two years of COVID was like getting stuck in a Groundhog Day that never got any better. When would we ever get past this? When would we ever move on? We've seen an increase in deaths of despair, where people get stuck in a depression and can't fight their way out of it. People have become angry over wearing masks and other COVID policies because we don't want to get stuck living the same Groundhog's Day over and over again. All of us need the hope that tomorrow might be better than today. What if the people in Ukraine felt like every day was war, being bombed, being attacked, and that their lives would never get any better? How would that affect you? As we approach Easter Sunday, the Bible tells us that part of this story is that Jesus' resurrection gives us hope for a new day. Good Friday was the worst day of the disciples' lives. Saturday wasn't any better. When they woke up on Easter Sunday morning, they didn't have any hope that that day would be any better. They were discouraged, depressed, and despondent. They didn't look forward to the sun rising on a better day. Their hope had been taken away from them. They had no idea that the world had just changed beyond their wildest imaginations. In John chapter 20, verses 1 through 10, it says this. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. First of all, this shows us that sometimes seeing is believing. Mary Magdalene was the first person to go to Jesus' tomb on Easter Sunday morning. 
When she saw that the stone had been rolled away, she didn't go into the tomb. She left and ran to tell Peter and John. They ran to the tomb and they actually went inside. When they saw that Jesus' body wasn't there, their minds started racing, trying to figure out what had happened. What caught their attention was the strips of linen lying there and the cloth that was lying in its place separate from the linen. It all seemed very neat and orderly, like someone who has just taken their clothes out of the dryer and folds them and puts them back in their proper place. Jesus' grave's clothes had not been ripped off his body. They were not torn to shreds. They were not in an unraveled heap. They were neatly folded. In those days, dead bodies were not dressed in street clothes like we see in our funerals today. They were wrapped up tightly in strips of cloth like a mummy. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he had to tell people to take off his grave clothes and let him go, because Lazarus could not have done that by himself without any help. So this made no sense to Peter and John. Why would Jesus' grave clothes be neatly folded on the ground? And who did that? If enemies had stolen the body, they would not have removed the grave clothes since the body would have begun to decay. If friends had taken the body, they would not have disrespected it by removing the grave clothes and carrying it out naked. If Jesus had revived himself, surely the grave clothes would have been ripped and shredded. In their minds, every non-supernatural explanation was eliminated. As Sherlock Holmes once said, when you have eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, however improbably, must be true. The text tells us that it was then that John saw and believed. All of a sudden, he believed that Jesus had come back to life. John came to this belief without seeing Jesus in the flesh. He is an encouragement to all of us today who have never seen Jesus in the flesh. You don't have to see him in the flesh to believe that he came back to life. You can look at all the evidence and realize it is true. Sometimes seeing is believing. But the same was not true for Mary. John 20, 11 to 18 says this. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. 
At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking that he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. So the second thing we see here is that sometimes seeing is not believing. Mary could not see what was right in front of her. When she looked into the tomb, she didn't see the same thing that Peter and John saw. She saw two angels in white, but she didn't realize they were angels. Jesus appears to her in the flesh, but she didn't realize he was Jesus. She thought he was the gardener. It wasn't until Jesus called her by name that her eyes were opened and she could see who he really was. The narrative in her head was that somebody must have taken his body away and she didn't know where they had put him. That story kept her from seeing the reality right in front of her eyes. The story shows that some people are like Peter and John. They hear the Easter story and it makes sense to them. They believe it. Seeing is believing. But other people are like Mary. They hear the Easter story, but they can't comprehend it. They can be looking right at it and not understand it. For them, seeing is not believing. It took Mary a while before she could wrap her mind around it and changed the narrative in her head so she could believe it. A lot of people today want a God who fits their own desires, a God they can control, or a God who doesn't challenge our beliefs and assumptions. They don't really want a God who tells them how to live. They don't want a God who tells them some of the things they're doing are wrong. The message of the Bible is that God doesn't always fit our human categories and conceptions of what we think he should be. Sometimes it takes a while to readjust our paradigm of who God is, how the world works, and what's really happening in front of our eyes. In verse 17 of this passage, Jesus tells Mary, do not hold on to me. 
At first glance, that sounds like a strange statement. But it's probably not because Jesus is too holy to be touched. It probably has more to do with the idea that Mary wanted to hold on to him and never let him go. She was like the mother who always wants to hold on to her son and not let him go off to school or go off to college or go off to work. Jesus was saying, you need to let me go now so that I can come back to you later. She wouldn't have understood it at the time, but she couldn't keep Jesus all to herself. He needed to leave, but he would return later as the Holy Spirit so that all of us could experience him in the Spirit. Thirdly, then, the Easter story shows us there is hope for a new day. Jesus' followers didn't have hope on Good Friday. They didn't have hope on Saturday. They didn't wake up on Easter Sunday morning with hope. But then everything changed. Instead of remaining depressed, their whole mental state changed when they realized that Jesus had come back to life. The real hope that Jesus brings is so important for our mental health. We see that in the life of professional golfer Bubba Watson. He started playing golf when he was eight years old. He grew up in a church-going family, but he didn't really commit his life to Christ until he met his future wife in college. She was a strong believer, and she helped him solidify his relationship with Christ. His dream was to become a professional golfer, but the level of competition was beyond what he had ever imagined. He struggled to make the cuts. Even as his game was improving, he always felt like his father was judging him and that he wasn't good enough. He got a reputation for being overly aggressive and cocky. It was his way of covering up his great fear of losing. He was overcompensating for his lack of confidence. He could be a mean-spirited jerk. One day, his caddy called him out. He told him the Bible says it's our job to encourage one another and build each other up. He said, you're not being who you should want to be. Bubba said all his life he'd been running away from this worry that he wasn't good enough. And sometimes he would take it out on other people. Even after he won his first master's in 2012, he still couldn't relax. He didn't feel like he had fit in with the other Masters champions. He felt like an imposter, a flash in the pan. His nerves were shot. He was admitted to the hospital with chest pains, but they couldn't find anything wrong with him. 
It was finally diagnosed as a panic attack. His self-doubts had caught up to him. He said that anxiety was ruling his life. He had been in denial about this. His anxiety had been a lifelong battle. So he leaned into his faith, he leaned into his marriage, and he got some help. He finally found ways to deal with his ongoing self-criticism and his constant dread of missing the mark. He had been so worried about what others thought of him that he wasn't acting like he wanted to. But he finally was able to break through. The point of Easter is that there is real hope for every single one of us. There is real hope for our world. There's real hope for people like Bubba Watson who struggle with anxiety, self-doubt, and a lack of confidence. There's real hope for people who feel caught in a Groundhog's Day world where they feel stuck in a life that never seems to get any better, but keeps repeating itself like a hamster wheel they can never get out of. There's real hope for people in Ukraine who wonder when the war will ever end and wonder if they have any future to look forward to. The story of Easter shows us that some of us are like Peter and John, where seeing is believing. We hear the story, we understand the story, it makes sense, and we believe. But it also shows us that some of us are like Mary, where seeing is not believing. We have difficulty believing what we have heard, and sometimes we struggle to see what is right in front of us. You may get stuck on Good Friday for a while. You may get stuck on Saturday for a while. But when you fully grasp what happened on Easter Sunday, it shows us that life can change. Life can get better, and there is real hope for the future. Because Jesus came back to life, each one of us can experience the hope of a new day. God bless. Stay safe. See you soon.